Welcome to The Gone Show, the show where my guests and I explore anything and anyone that is now gone or might as well be. On tonight's episode, they say that every dog has his day, but this dog was top dog for a couple of years. That's right, we'll be talking about Spuds McKenzie. And now, joining the world and beyond from the Gone Show studio in the American Midwest, the host of the Gone Show, Bannon Backus. Thanks for joining us for the Gone Show. Good evening. Tonight, my guests are Jay Stewart, John Mad Jack Mitten, and Conroy Pike. Of course, Jay is a brain in a jar. It's my great pleasure to be here. John passed away in the United Kingdom in the first half of the 19th century and now manifests himself as an oversized mouth and mustache. And I am the embodiment of pleasure. You don't even have a body. Hmm. And Conroy is considered by many to be the world's greatest courier. It's also my great pleasure to be back. Well, tonight, for better or worse, we're going to be talking about something that I remember from my childhood. We're going to be talking about none other than Spuds McKenzie. Who the devil is Spuds McKenzie? Some sort of kilt-wearing potato enthusiast? You know, now that you mention it, I would consider myself something of a potato enthusiast. In my opinion, it's a very versatile vegetable. I agree. I definitely enjoy my meat and potatoes, and I never met a potato that I didn't like. Truth be told, I can no longer stand the side of a potato. It sounds like you used to? Yes, sir. I used to enjoy potatoes as much as the next person, but I had an experience that left a bad taste in my mouth. What happened? Uh, Did this unpleasant experience occur at a buffet, Conroy? Uh, The setup at a typical buffet will tend to dry out a potato. No, my experience involved the transport of a single potato. Just one potato? Yes, sir. I'd been hired on behalf of a small independently owned laboratory to transport this potato to a larger, better equipped laboratory, so that apparently a next phase of experiments could begin. And aside from when I saw that the potato was being held in a large metal container covered in dials and lights, I first realized that this would be an unusual delivery when my client told me to ignore any sounds or words that might come from inside the container. Words? And as odd of an instruction as it was, it did prepare me for what was said from inside the container as I was transporting it. What the hell did you hear coming from the inside of a container with a potato inside of it? Apologies. You've likely been asked that question many times in your life. Considering what it was, my cargo was surprisingly talkative. And the closer we came to our destination, the more aggressive its speech became. Immediately before we arrived, I heard it say, If you release me right now, 
I'll spare your life. I never mean to unfairly characterize anyone or anything, but that's the sort of thing that I would expect to hear from something like a Brussels sprout or celery. Certainly not a potato. Now, I just want to be clear about this. We're, in fact, talking about a talking potato, right? That's correct. Okay, because, and I hope you don't take offense to this, Conroy, it's unbelievable. And maybe I shouldn't say that because since you're the one telling us this, I do believe you. It's just that a talking potato... Allow me to cut through the social graces. It sounds as though you're starch raving mad. That is not what I'm saying. I can honestly say that you are more than justified in any disbelief. My encounter reminds me of a quote by Albert Camus. The absurd is the essential concept and the first truth. And something tells me that there's more truth to be had. In fact, there is. When I arrived with the cargo at the laboratory, my client met me there with several armed guards. And as they unloaded the unusual cargo, I told my client about my unusual trip. Now, I assume this client was the one responsible for this potato being what it was? Yes, sir. I don't believe that I should say his name, but I will say that even though he was technically a scientist, I quickly came to see him as a sociopath with delusions of godhood. Wow, okay. I was about to get back into my vehicle when I heard an explosion followed by gunfire come from the laboratory. Moments later, the door to the laboratory burst open, and that's when I saw one of the most grotesque sights of my entire life. You're not talking about the... Mm-hmm. There emerging from the smoke and flames was a potato. The stems that protruded from the potato raised it up to a height of more than six feet, and those stems were how it moved. They were its legs, not unlike the legs of a spider. And where you would expect to see eyes on the potato were tiny, blinking, pitch-black, soulless eyes. Oh my. And, no longer muffled by the crate, its voice was now one of the most shrill, unsettling things that I've ever heard. It trained several of its eyes on my client, who was still outside with me, and asked if he was prepared to die. The scientist protested, saying that he was its creator, and that, together, they would rule the world. But before he could continue, the potato impaled his chest with a stem that moved like a whip, and he fell to the ground. Then, those same eyes turned and looked at me. This is frightening, Conroy. I feel as though my mustache is turning white. I turned and ran toward my vehicle. But before I could get inside, the tires exploded, punctured by the stems of this creature. I heard it continue to approach me, and I turned to face it. 
and even though I couldn't see a mouth on it, I swear it was smiling. In that same shrill voice, it told me that it had given me a chance to save myself, but that I had chosen death. And as I then prepared for death, from the corner of my eye, I saw the scientist struggle to grab something that looked like a grenade from the pocket of his lab coat and toss it at the potato. It exploded, releasing a cloud of what smelled like herbicide, and with a shriek, the potato ran off. Oh my god, Conroy, I... I don't even know what to say. I literally have goosebumps. I went over to the scientist, who I wasn't able to save, and with his dying breath, told me that this potato was unforgiving and unrelenting, and that somewhere, someday, it would be back for me. I'm horrified, Conray. I... I don't even... I think we're going to take a short break to regroup. Uh, we'll be right back. And why don't you ever tell us when things are going to get scary? I didn't know, John. What the? Where's the roof of my house? <laughs> Uh-oh. It sounds like someone just experienced the practical joke of a lifetime. The prank that's blowing the roof off of the entire country. Introducing Roof Spoof. Roof Spoof is the practical joke production service that specializes in safely and economically removing the roof from the home of the person who you'd like to prank. With Roof Spoof, our trained professionals are able to utilize our patented Roof Spoof technology to remove and safely store the roof from an average-sized home in just 90 minutes. With reinstallation taking place the following day and taking less than one hour. Roof Spoof also offers both legal and videography services so that you'll be able to enjoy the laughs for years to come. Visit Roof Spoof online today to learn more. Roof Spoof. The next time you're looking to raise the bar on your practical jokes, raise the roof. Welcome back to the Gone Show. Welcome back to the Gone Show. Joining me tonight are Jay Stewart, John Mitten, and Conroy Pike. And Conroy, I'd like to quickly thank you not only for sharing a story tonight that's so personally frightening, but also for sharing a story that might be doubted by many people. I will say that before the Gone Show, I knew that we lived in a strange, ultimately unknowable universe. And now, thanks to guests like yourself who are so willing to share their experiences without fear of persecution or ridicule, I am fortunate enough to know more about the mysteries of this world than I ever thought possible, so again, thank you. I also know that our listeners appreciate it just as much. Well, I appreciate that. To quote Hamlet, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Personally, I couldn't disagree more with our brave host. Death was frightening enough for me. I don't need any more fear in my afterlife. 
Okay, well, we have yet to get to tonight's topic, so let's do that right now. Like I said, during the first half of the show, we'll be talking about Spuds McKenzie, which was the fictional name given to a real-life dog who was the mascot for an advertising campaign for Bud Light Beer beginning in 1987. If I remember correctly, the dog was some sort of terrier, wasn't it? Correct. The character of Spuds McKenzie was played by a bull terrier whose real name was Honey Tree Evil Eye. Ew, good. Additional evil. The Spuds McKenzie advertising campaign played on the concept of being very much self-aware and portrayed Spuds, despite being a dog, as someone who men wanted to be and women wanted to be with. And in the campaign, those women were portrayed by models known as the Spudettes. And something that led to one of the campaign's first controversies was the revelation that the dog playing the character of Spuds McKenzie was, in fact, a female, not a male dog. You do realize that after Conroy's story, I was expecting things to become less bizarre. Don't you? I don't know what to tell you. These are the facts. Anyway, another controversy faced by the campaign, and the one that, according to my research, led to it being discontinued, were accusations of Spuds McKenzie being used to encourage underage drinking. Uh, A boy and his dog and his beer. In doing my due diligence, I found that despite an investigation by the Federal Trade Commission that refuted those claims, the campaign was ended in 1989. For that mascot to have been so iconic, I'm surprised that it was only around for about two years. I found that it's been brought back only one time since then for a Bud Light television commercial in 2017 that featured Spuds McKenzie as a ghost. Adult beverage companies hire ghosts. Hmm. It wasn't a real ghost, John. Ew. Ew, yes, of course. Well, unfortunately, the dog who played Spuds McKenzie died in 1993. So, before we let sleeping dogs lie, you knew your punning is getting worse. Any final thoughts on Spuds McKenzie? I've never been a drinker of Bud Light, but if I were, I would be happy to make a toast in her honor and say, this buds for you. All right, I don't think that we can end on a more appropriate note than that. To both my guests and listeners, thank you. Until next time, good evening and good gone. The Gone Show was produced, created, performed, and written by Bannon Backus. The Gone Show is a presentation of BoomTube, B-O-O-M-T-O-O-B. All rights are reserved. Visit BoomTube online at BoomTube.com and Facebook.com slash BoomTube Network.